Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Uh, you know that a very important aspect of the Christian life is to have joy, right? Uh, joy is not an option. Would you raise your hand and say joy is not an option? Uh, there should never, ever be any sad Christians, depressed Christians, uh, down-and-out Christians, because as a believer, we know that joy is not an option. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 17, 22, that uh, a merry heart doeth good like medicine, right? The best medicine you'll ever have. But a broken spirit dries the bones, so uh, if you know anything uh, or little about that, we know that if you start having problem with your bones, then you're going to have trouble with your blood. Then if you have trouble with your blood, that means that you're going to say bye-bye to this world. So uh, joy is very, very important. So if you came in here this morning, uh, didn't have any kind of joy, something happened to you this week, well... Uh, the Bible says rejoice, and again I say rejoice. We're just going to rejoice anyway, right? So uh, I, want, I want you to focus this morning because it's very important. Uh, I don't minister here, but once in a while, Matt does uh, the English part, and I do the Spanish part. But uh, what I want to share with you this morning is very, very important for you and for your family. And we declare... Uh, that this year uh, will end, say this with me, this year will end uh, being the best year of our life. Say it again. This year will end being the best year of our life. Glory to God. So uh, if you believe that, let's stand up. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering this morning. Come on. Let's give him a shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Best year of our life. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, it's sad, but uh, some people, uh, not you, but some people get worse, right? Uh, and that's not the normal Christian life. The normal Christian life is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says that we go from glory to glory. Somebody say from glory to glory. Uh, uh, in other words, uh, somebody looks at you, uh, there's improvement. You're not the same dude that was... Uh, here last week or last year. If you're in that condition and say, well, I'm the same. Well, you're really not the same. You're worse, right? So you cannot afford to be uh, uh, getting worse because the normal, somebody say the normal, the normal Christian life is to get better and better. Praise God. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, we understand that because uh, we are in this world, but not of this world. And we have to uh, make sure that that is, uh, is cemented in our hearts, that we are in this world, but not of this world. Uh, the Bible says that we be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So we are in this world. Say that with me. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. So whatever the world says is for them, right? It's not for me because uh, I'm exempt. Bible says in Colossians 3.16 that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So uh, the curse is in the world, 
but I'm exempt. You say, well, that's not logical. No, it's biblical. So we are exempt. We're in this world, but not of this world. So if you're hearing trash uh, on the news uh, and you're receiving it, then uh, uh, in time you will be deceived uh, because that really is not applicable to your life. Uh, anything in the world, because we're in this world. Jesus said that. He said, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So if whatever Jesus said, we know it's true, right? So we're in this world, but not of this world. That means all that is not applicable. They say Corona, uh, COVID-19. Well, that's them, right? Uh, the Bible tells us in Psalms 9110 uh, that no... Uh, no plague will come near our dwelling place. How many of you believe that? Right? Give the Lord a great praise often. No plague will come near our dwelling place. So you have to believe that, right? And not do what the world does because you'll be part of the world. Now, if, if we could come up with a list this morning of all the junk that's taking place in the world, you know, perversion, chaos, lies. Uh, you know, the list goes on, right? Depression. Uh, do we want to be part of that? No, we don't want to be part of that. We're not part of that. We have been uh, redeemed uh, from the curse of the law. Somebody said we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So we are exempt. And who says we're exempt? Well, God says we're exempt, right? So we're going from glory to glory. Once again, this scripture should be very important to you. 2 Corinthians 3.18, uh, we are to go from glory to glory. So I'm improving every day. But how many of you know it's not going to fall from heaven on you? You got to make some effort, right? You got to improve. Now, how many of you uh, have ever dedicated yourself and said, well, uh, uh, I looked in the mirror. I don't like what I see. I've gained about 150 pounds, right? or gain 50 pounds. Well, uh, 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 then you commit yourself and say, well, I'm gonna start working out uh, 30 minutes a day. Uh, and when you start working out, maybe the first or two weeks, three weeks, uh, you don't uh, personally, you don't notice any change. But the people around you, uh, perhaps you haven't seen in some time, uh, they meet you and say, wow, what are you doing? What have you done? You look different, right? Well, uh, uh, if you'll do it and commit yourself doing something every day, I'm talking about your physical now. Uh, if you do something every day, uh, you will change and there'll be a, it'll be noticeable to everybody around you, right? But how many of you know that you got, it takes effort, right? You take 30 minutes, that's all you have to do, take 30 minutes every day and work out. And you'll be healthy. And if you, uh, if you don't do, if you don't exercise, you're going to be healthy. Well, in the same way, uh, uh, if you uh, uh, look at your spiritual life, uh, if you'll do it 30 minutes or an hour every day, you will not notice it. But I want to guarantee you that everybody around you will notice that you are somebody different. Does everybody notice? Uh, everybody understand that? Even the kingdom of darkness the spirit world will begin to look at you from a distance and they know there's a change in your life. There's a, an anointing in your life. So you have to do this. So this morning, I want to share with you about the price of power. And we have to understand that 
what God gives us uh, when he saved us is free. But really it wasn't free because it cost him his son. In this world, there's nothing free. There's a price to be paid. And we have to understand that. It's not going to fall on you, and nobody's going to be able to do it for you. See, I'm waiting for somebody to do it for me, some quick prayer. Well, it don't work that way. Uh, you're going to have to pay a price, and you're going to say, I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to live what is normal uh, in God's eyes. We're going from glory to glory. Somebody say, we're going from glory to glory, from triumph to triumph, from faith to faith. So if I look at you in about three months and you're still the same old dude, same old person, then something wrong with you, right? Nothing wrong with God. You have to change. And we can change. We can get better. Hallelujah. So lift your hand and say, I'm going to get better. That's right. We're going to get better. Praise God. We're going to go from glory to glory. Now, when we talk about going from glory to glory, uh, we understand that uh, there's levels, right? And the reason we go from glory to glory is because the Bible speaks about uh, uh, an inheritance, uh, we, as, as soon as you came into the kingdom of God, you became an heir, Romans 8, 17, an heir of God and joint heir with Jesus Christ. In other words, everything that Jesus inherited, we have inherited. Do everybody understand that? But every, every, every part of that inheritance is found at different levels. Does everybody understand that? If you stay on level one, you will not receive uh, the other, uh, the part of the inheritance on level two. So how many levels are there? I don't know. But we go from glory to glory. Every time you move to a level uh, in God, there you will find part of your inheritance. Does everybody understand that? But in order for us to enter into that level, that level of glory, uh, they, uh, it requires power. Does everybody understand? Because I'm going to speak to you on the price of power. Uh, it requires power to enter in every level. Okay? So uh, uh, understanding that, uh, let's move on to the two words that are very, very important for the rest of this year. Uh, two words that I, I'll be sharing on one. Uh, two words is covenant and the other one is prayer. Uh, it's, the other one is lengthy, and prayer is also uh, lengthy and also a very important theme in our Christian life. Uh, covenant. Somebody say covenant. We are covenant people, but we also must understand the importance of prayer in our life. So we must establish these truths in our heart, especially this morning. I want you to establish the importance of prayer, right? Because we're talking about uh, 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 the uh, price of power. So I'm going to declare this this morning, and you'll say, well, I'm not going to do that, Pastor. Uh, I don't even like it uh, to do that. Well, nobody likes fasting, right? But starting tomorrow, uh, I declare a 21-day fast for you. Uh, just leave uh, breakfast out. And uh, you're not going to die. If you die, we'll resurrect you, right? But uh, just one meal, one meal. Start off with one meal. And then ever so often, you'll go 24 hours, then 48 hours. But let's take 21 days because I know you don't want to stay the same old person. 
you want to change, right? You want to improve, and you want to get better. Uh, you want to get better at your job. You want to go to a higher level. You want to get promoted. Uh, you want to change houses. You want to improve in your life, right? So uh, this is very, very important. So let's begin this morning laying a foundation. And two uh, scriptures that I want to emphasize this morning is Genesis 1:26, And in a few moments, we're going to jump to Luke chapter 4. And in Genesis 1:26, uh, first chapter of the Bible, uh, God reveals that we were made in God's image. Somebody say we were made in God's image. Uh, in his image and likeness, two very important words in that verse. We were made in God's image and likeness, all right? And then if we go to 1 Thessalonians, we're, uh, we're not going there, but 1 Thessalonians 5.23, uh, the Bible reveals that God made a spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. But we were made in the image and likeness of God. So he, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have what? Somebody say dominion. Now, if we go to the New Living Translation, uh, the Bible says, and they will reign, all right? God did not make us to be the scum of the earth, and God did not create us to be a, a doormat. God did not make us to put us under the heel of the devil or the kingdom of darkness or any wicked thing. Does everybody understand that? He made us in his image, everybody, all his creation. And they were, uh, let them have dominion, let them reign over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. How many of you know there's a lot of creeps out there, right? That's right. So we are to reign over all the creeps. Praise God. Hallelujah. So does everybody understand that, that God gave us dominion? Now, this is God's plan. Hello. This is God's plan. God doesn't have plan B now. He doesn't. This is plan A, and that's it. And God is perfect, so he's not going to change his mind, and he's not going to change his plan. Does everybody understand that? He made us in his image so that we would reign on, on this earth so that we would have dominion. Somebody say dominion. You got to understand that. Raise your hand and say dominion. dominion. And say this with you. I'm going to reign on this earth. That's the way God made us to reign. To be uh, stars. To be overcomers. He said that in Romans. We are more than conquerors. Somebody say we're more than conquerors. Uh, if we don't conquer, we will be conquered, Right? So uh, he gave us dominion. So that is the plan of God up front when he created man. He made man and woman in his image and likeness. And he said, my plan for you is that you uh, uh, reign in this world over everything. Nothing will reign over you. You will reign. You will have a, a very successful life. Can you say amen? Now, uh, this dominion is impossible Listen to me now. Dominion is impossible without power. Say that with me. Dominion is impossible without power. We cannot rule in the midst of our enemies, and we cannot rule in a cursed world. We're living in a cursed world. But thank God we're in this world, but we're not of this world. 
All around you is the curse. Everywhere. It's around us. It's a, it's a force that is destroying people. Now, the only language that the enemy understands is power. Everybody understand that? And dominion will remain a theory unless you are empowered uh, uh, or remain a theory unless you're empowered for it. Okay, so we as, as God's people, we don't have an option. We don't have an option. We must have power. Now, dominion without power is a theory. It's theoretical, all right? God says we, we have dominion, we shall reign. That's just a theory if you don't have the power to carry it out. That's very, very important. So we, we do not have an option because Jesus said in Luke 10, 20, uh, Luke 10, 19, he said, I give you power over all the what? <clears throat> all the power <clears throat> of the enemy. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus, uh, by him quoting this and declaring this, he is, he is recognizing that the enemy has power. So we need access to greater power, right? So when Paul describes the kingdom of darkness, he says principalities, powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Don't kid yourself. These are persons without human bodies. And they're, they're fallen angels and disembodied spirits. They're all surrounded. These things have tremendous power. So we have to have access to greater power. Does everybody understand that? Let's give the Lord a great praise offer because we need uh, greater power. Hallelujah. So uh, listen real carefully now. We don't have an option. Uh, if you're not empowered, and I want to make sure that I uh, cement this in your heart this morning. If you're not empowered, then uh, you will become a victim or a casualty of this war. We must be empowered. There is no option. I give you authority. Now, that's the, that's the dominion, all right, that, that God has already granted us. He said, because you're a child of God in my creation, I give you authority. I give you dominion. But in order for that dominion to be a reality in our life, we must be empowered. Does everybody understand that? Every Christian must have uh, power. Hallelujah. So in Acts 1.8, uh, Jesus said this to the disciples, but you shall receive power. Now, he had been with them three and a half years, and he taught them, but that's not a substitute for power. He said, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So everybody look up here. Now, do everybody understand what I'm talking about this morning? We're going from glory to glory. Somebody say we're going from glory to glory. But as you move to the next level, you're going to have to have some power uh, to move into that level. Every level requires more power. Because as you move in God, you will confront greater demons in your life. Does everybody understand that? So greater position, uh, you'll fight more, greater and bigger demons. So we need power to make this uh, dominion a reality in our life. Now, when we look at the life of Jesus, 
because we want to use him, and he's our example. When we look at the life of Jesus, uh, we know that before uh, the ministry of Jesus, not, not much is revealed. For 30 years of his life, uh, very little is known about Jesus. And the reason is because he did uh, uh, n uh, no miracles. Uh, there was no uh, power upon his life, okay? So we know things like his birth. First, uh, First Timothy 3.16, the Bible says uh, that, uh, uh, that great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So we know that on day one, uh, Jesus was God in the flesh. Somebody say he was God in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. So without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached among the Gentiles, preached in the world, received up to glory. So when we go to Philippians, we're not going there this morning, but paraphrasing, the Bible says that when Jesus, when God was manifested in the flesh, uh, Jesus laid aside his divine, uh, his divine rights, and he took the form of a, serp, uh, a, a, ser, a servant. And uh, he became, took the form of a human and became just like us. But from day one, Jesus was God. Does everybody understand that? He was God. And then we know little things like at the age of 12, remember his parents lost him? They went to uh, Passover and they, uh, they were walking with Jesus. All of a sudden, they got home and uh, he said, where's Jesus, right? Well, they went back looking for him in Jerusalem and they found him uh, uh, hearing and speaking to the doctors of the law, asking questions at the age of 12. But apart from that, uh, we don't know much about Jesus the first 30 years, right? No miracles, uh, uh, nothing, okay? No uh, uh, blind eyes were healed. No people were raised from the dead. Uh, uh, no lepers were healed. None. There was no miracles. But then something happened. At the age of 30, in Luke chapter 4, the Bible tells us in verse 1 and 2, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, uh, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. So the Bible tells us that Jesus... Uh, was led by the Spirit. Somebody say, led by the Spirit. So, uh, nothing, zero, for 30 years. Yet, he was God in the flesh. Does everybody understand that? No miracles, nothing. But he put, laid aside his divine rights and took the form of a human and became a man. All right? In other words, he was totally God, yet he was totally man. Uh, so, at the age of 30... The Spirit of God just led him, led him into the desert. He said, it's your time now. And he led him into the desert. And uh, now Jesus must have been a strong, a strong man, physically strong, uh, because he went into the desert. There's no uh, uh, Cokes, no candy, no nothing, right? Uh, no sleeping bags, no nothing. He went out there in the desert for 40 days. And did not eat anything for 40 days. Now, that's uh, extraordinary because most Christians, they miss a meal. They're dying, right? That's right. They're dying. Now, imagine 
40 days without food. So he went out and he went into the desert and he was tempted not by demons, but he was uh, tempted by the devil himself. And in those days, he ate nothing. Afterwards, he, uh, when it had ended, he was hungry. Now, let's jump to verse 14 now. Here's uh, a big change, all right? He's God in the flesh. Nothing has happened for 30 years. <clears throat> but at the age of 30, he went into the desert, fasted, and prayed. Somebody say, fasted and prayed. Fasted and prayed. It's a great combination, fasting and praying. And in verse 14, the Bible says, and then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. There's a difference now. To, to Galilee, and the news of him went out throughout the surrounding region. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As it, it was his custom, they knew him. They had seen him there, all right? Uh, and when he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, there's a change now. He returned in the, uh, in the power now. He was led by the spirit, but now he returned in the power of the spirit. Because he, had, uh, he said, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. All these things require anointing and power. He said, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. <clears throat> he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all those that were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And they began to say, now they knew Jesus. He was a carpenter and worked in a carpenter shop for 30 years. It's a small community. Everybody knows Jesus. Uh, they had seen him, probably the best carpenter in the area, right? Uh, that's all he did. His father was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. And all the eyes of the people in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. So all bore witness to him, and they marveled. Now, listen, there's a change in Jesus now. Not because he was God, it's because he returned in the power of the Spirit. Does everybody understand that? He did it as a man. Everybody say, he did it as a man. That's right. He didn't do it as, uh, as God. He did it as a man. Uh, he's our example. So he returned, and the Bible says that all that bore witness to him marvel at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not? They couldn't believe it. They looked at Jesus, and they had to ask one another, is this Joseph's son? Well, they, uh, they had seen Joseph's son for 30 years. He was a carpenter, and he had worked that area as a carpenter. Now he's standing before them, but he has been transformed into another person. Does everybody understand that? He's a different person. Now, while he's speaking, uh, there, is, there is something powerful behind his words. Now, it's uh, uh, Rhema. What he read pierced the hearts of these people. All right? Now, look in verse 33 now. The Bible says, now in the synagogue, there was a man 
who had a spirit of an unclean spirit, and he cried out with a loud voice. Demons in church, right? And uh, demons will, will come to church if we allow them. But when the Spirit of God comes and the power of God, they have to go. Can you say amen? And they will man manifest themselves so that they will be delivered. So those demons have been there in that synagogue, who knows for how long. But when the, the power of God came upon Jesus, everything changed. Everything changed. The atmosphere of the synagogue changed. There was praise in the synagogue. There was astonishment in the synagogue. There was amazement in the synagogue. Can you say amen? And the demons started crying out. He said, let us alone. They never noticed that guy with the demon, right? But he said, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, he came out of him and did, and did not hurt him. And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went into every place in the surrounding region. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? He did it as a man. 30 years, big zero. You don't want to be a zero for the rest of your life. You want to go and get the power of God. And he went into the desert and he fasted and prayed. Somebody say he fasted and prayed. And his whole life was changed. His countenance changed. His, uh, the words that came out of his mouth changed. Uh, uh, there was an anointing, a power that these humans had never, ever noticed upon uh, um, the man Jesus, right? Now look at verse 40 now. And when the sun was setting... All those who had any, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid hands on every one of them and he healed them. And demons came out of the, uh, many crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So, uh, you see... Are you noticing here the change? Huh? You have to change, right? Because uh, without power, your dominion, your reigning that has already been declared by God, that that's your, that's your, uh, your life, will not be a reality unless you have the power of God upon your life. So we are to reign, and most people know he said, uh, we're more than conquerors, right? But uh, they're not conquerors. Because they don't have any power. But you need the power of God. If Jesus needed it, we need it. Right? And to say I don't need it would say I'm better than Jesus. And we know we're not better than Jesus. Right? So uh, he needed the power. 30 years, nothing. Zero. No healing. Demons uh, were in their place. Demons were doing what they were doing. Uh, destroying people's lives. Afflicting people. Uh, putting disease on people. Uh, but until Jesus up to the time that Jesus was anointed. And then it was a different story. Demons started crying out. Jesus started laying hands on the sick, and they started recovering. Can you say amen? So ministry means warfare, right? Said, Pastor, I didn't know that. Yeah, ministry means warfare. If you're thinking about any, doing anything for God, it means warfare. And with no power, it guarantees that you're not going to make it. And the only way to win 
is to not only uh, defend your, be able to defend yourself, but also uh, take on the offensive. And God has given us the armor and the weapons so that not only can we defend ourselves, but we can take the offensive by the sword of the Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So uh, that uh, authority, let's go back a little bit and just talk about authority now. Authority has been delegated. It's a delegated authority to every Christian. Everybody understand that? And we're not, let's put aside power for just a, a moment now. Now, back to Genesis 1.26, and I, uh, the, we were made in the image and likeness of God. And he said, and you shall have dominion. You shall reign on this earth. That's God's plan for us to reign. Can you say amen? We are reigning. We're going from glory to glory. Now, that authority, uh, Jesus came to restore man back to God's original plan of Genesis 1.26. So when he came... And he finished his ministry of three and a half years. Guess what he did? He delegated the authority to every believer. Look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All right. He says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, now this is fresh from the grave. Jesus, fresh from the grave. He's delegating uh, the authority to the believer. All authority. And now watch what Jesus said. All authority has been given to me where? In heaven and in earth, and we can say even under the earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things uh, that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you even, uh, you always, even to the end of the age. Now, let's go to Mark 16 now. This is the Great Commission. All right? Delegated authority. Somebody say delegated authority. And he said to them, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. Can we do that without power? Question. Can we do that without power? He's given us the authority now. Okay. Now, when I was in, uh, when I was in the Army and uh, finished my training and uh, uh, was ready to go to Vietnam, and each and every time I boarded an airplane, I had my orders. That's all I needed. I just presented my orders. I was under authority. And I presented my orders, and they gave me, during those days, we had, uh, we had first privilege as soldiers because it was a war. We were before everybody. All soldiers get on the front line, and uh, we'll, you're, you're, you're going to get on the airplane first, all right? We had authority. But how many of you know that when we were, uh, as soldiers, when we were sent to Vietnam, we were under authority, but we needed firepower, right? Can you imagine going to a place, a, 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 a place like Vietnam, a, a, a war zone? You have authority? Yes, I'm going up there. They're sending me uh, by the authority of the U.S. government, but I need power, right? Imagine they didn't give me any weapons. There's no firepower. I'd be dead in the first day. So look at Mark 16. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, listen to this, and these signs shall follow those that believe, not preachers. He didn't say, and those signs shall follow pastors. No, he said, and those that believe. In my name they shall do what? They shall cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it, uh, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Do we need power for that? 
right? Are most Christians doing this? No, really. I, uh, I, let's ask ourselves, are most Christians doing that? They're not doing that. You know why? They don't have any power. And if you're going to get power, you're going to have to pay a price for it. So this is what Jesus told us to do. He gave us, I gave you authority. Move. Uh, but when you get there, uh, you, you'll do these things. These signs shall follow them that believe. You shall cast out devils. Uh, they will, uh, if you take up any serpents, uh, they won't hurt you. You drink any deadly thing, they'll not hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is the normal Christian life, right? But uh, it's not possible, not possible. This great commission, not possible without power. Uh, uh, and what are we going to do with Christians without power? Can you imagine Christians with no power like soldiers with no power? Can you imagine? He said, no, we're just throwing you out there in the, in the, uh, the battlefield. Uh, you have authority but, uh, because we sent you there, but you, you don't have no power to take care of the work. That'd be crazy. So imagine Christians with no power. Christians with no power. Can you imagine? Christians with no power. But most of them, not you, but most Christians do not have any kind of power, all right? So my question this morning to you is this. Here we go. Where did Jesus get this power? For 30 years, he had nothing. Though he was God in the flesh, and he was all God, he was all man. But for 30 years, there was no miracles, there was no signs, there was nothing. He didn't preach anything because he had no power. He, and he went to the synagogue every time the doors opened. All right? Uh, and he never said a word. There was no lives changed. There was nothing. He was just a carpenter. How did Jesus get his power? Well, Luke chapter 4, he says, verse 1 and 2, he was led into the desert for how long? 40 days and 40 nights. What did he do in the desert? Eat? No, he fasted. Somebody say he fasted. He fasted and he prayed. Somebody say he fasted and he prayed. It was fasting and prayer. Does everybody understand that? Remember uh, what Jesus said? Uh, we don't have to go there. I'll just paraphrase it. In Matthew chapter uh, 17, uh, a man had a demon-possessed uh, son or a child, and they brought it to the disciples, and they couldn't cast the devil out. And uh, afterwards, privately, well, Jesus rebuked the devil, and it went out because the power of God was on him. So uh, privately, the disciples uh, asked Jesus, why couldn't we uh, 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 cast this devil out? And Jesus told his disciples, because they weren't praying or fasting. They're just along for the ride. But he said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So uh, we're going to need power. Does everybody understand that? And the, the, the only way Jesus received power was fasting and prayer. He was a man just like you and I. But how did his life change? How did three and a half years impact us down through all the quarters of time and change history? Is because Jesus uh, paid the price. Even though he was God, he knew the only way to get the power of the, or the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life is to fast and pray. And he did that throughout his ministry. You would hear about Jesus going to the mountain by himself. He would leave his disciples. Sometimes he would pray all night. You see? Uh, there's no option for us. We've got to have power. If we don't have power, you'll not enter the different levels that God has for you. You cannot. You will not. Uh, you will not make it in this life. Somebody will say, well, I just go to the university. That don't mean anything. 
You can have all the degrees you want, but you'll not make it. Say, well, I just have money. Well, money's not going to help you. There's a lot of things that money's not going to be able to buy. Does everybody understand that? Fasting and prayer. This is the way Jesus uh, uh, did it, all right? How important is fasting and prayer? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a secular medical doctor, and he said this, look, and when I heard him, I believe what he said. Even though he's not a Christian, he said this. He said that a fasting heals cancer. I said, look at this guy, this medical doctor. Now, if you listen to uh, uh, what the world has said about fasting, intermittent fasting, they say it's health, it'll bring health to your life. Uh, uh, but there's a God kind of fast, right? Isaiah 58. But this doctor said, if you'll fast, it will heal cancer. He says, uh, start fasting 24 hours, then 48 hours, and sometimes go uh, 72 hours, right? Uh, so when he said that, I believe this doctor. Why? Because Dr. Jesus has already, uh, Dr. the Lord Jesus has already said that. In Isaiah 58, verse 8, listen, listen to what fasting does. And he says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. This is the God kind of fast. The, uh, the, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy your soul in drought. And he will strengthen your what? Did you get that? Fasting will do what? It will strengthen your bones. In other words, you're going to be a healthy person if you'll fast. But setting that aside, it will affect your spiritual life. It affected Jesus' life. Boom. At the age of 30, his whole life changed. Why? He started with fasting and prayer, and then for the uh, uh, duration of his ministry, it was prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. He'd find the disciples even uh, uh, during uh, the night before he was crucified. He said, couldn't you pray one hour? <laughs> they weren't praying. And that's why they didn't have any power to overcome anything in their life. And they didn't fast either. We know they didn't fast because Jesus himself said the disciples weren't fasting. But look what uh, prayer and fasting do, uh, will do for your life. Remember Isaiah? Isaiah 10, 27 says this, and it shall come to pass that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Listen, yokes. Can you get rid of alcohol, alcohol, uh, being an alcoholic or drug addicts by just positive thinking? No. You're going to need an anointing. The anointing breaks every yoke. Pornography, can you break that over your life? Some of you might be addicted to pornography. You'll never break that unless the anointing of God comes on you. And how does the anointing come? The same way Jesus received it, by prayer and fast. Is there another way? There is no other way. You have to pray. We have to become a praying church. Everybody say that. We have to be a praying church, right? If Christians would wake up and, and say, uh, I'm not going to make it. I have not made it. Uh, I'm getting worse now. Uh, then you understand the importance of what Jesus said. That is, by prayer and fasting. 
that will break every yoke. And if we don't do that, you'll not have power and you'll not move from glory to glory. But if you have power, you'll move from glory to glory in your life. Can you say amen? Now, let me uh, finish with this. I have a couple of minutes now. What's the price that we have to pay? Well, we know it's fasting and prayer, right? So the first uh, price that we must pay uh, in order for us to get the power of God upon our lives, that's so important. It's not an option. We have to have power, right? Uh, we have to pay the price of seeking God. Remember 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal the land. We have to seek God. There's a price. There's a price for everything. Nothing is free in this world. If you want the power, uh, then you have to pay a price. And without power, nothing will become a reality. You can take your Bible and say, look, look at this Bible right here. Look at all the promises that it says. Look at everything that God has said about us. All that is just theoretical. Until power comes. And when power comes upon your life, you have the anointing to carry that out in your life. It will become a reality. The rest is just theoretical. That's why people don't read the Bible. They look at it and say, ha, ah, that's just a book. Ah, it's never happened to my life. It's never happened to my family. Ah, I'm not going to read that. That's why they don't read because there's no power in their life. But when you start fasting and praying, your whole life will change. So there's the price of seeking God. Can you say amen? Look at Psalm 63, 1 through 3. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see what? To see your power and your glory. How are we going to get that? By seeking God. Can you say amen? Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. And then on John 7, i got to go through this real quickly. John 7, 37 through 39, Jesus said this. On the last day, the great, uh, the great feast of uh, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and, uh, uh, and cried out saying, if anyone what? If anyone thirsts, you got to be hungry for this. You've got to pay the price of seeking God. Nobody's going to do that for you. You say, well, i got to feel goosebumps. No, you don't have to feel nothing. Just do it, right? Before that, you're not going to feel anything anyway. You're going to feel depressed and dead, right? But eventually, as you start off, you'll, uh, people will see the difference in your life. You'll pray every day. You'll fast ever so often. And then in time, everything around you will begin to change. Right? Because we're seeking God. And he says, if anyone thirsts, this is what Jesus said, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart shall flow what? Rivers. Not one river. There will be rivers of life. Hallelujah. Of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit uh, whom those believing in him will receive for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So that's number one. There's a number of prices that we have to pay, but we have to understand, uh, <clears throat> uh, fundamentally understand this. You have to pray and fast. Christians that do not pray and fast are, are Christians without power. That don't even make sense. Christians without no power. Can you imagine a Christian with no power? They can't do anything. Go pray for this person. I can't do that. 
I don't even believe in that. But they call themselves Christian. They want to go to heaven. Can you imagine? That don't even make sense. Can you imagine just this group that we have here? If all of us had the anointing and the power of God upon us. Imagine what that would do. It would change. Uh, it would multiply in a thousands and thousands of people. Imagine what your life would become when the anointing of God comes upon your life. So number two price is a sanctified life. Somebody say a sanctified life. And a sanctified life is this, 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. But as he who has called you is holy, uh, you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, holy for I am holy. be holy for I am holy. 1 Peter 2, 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable through God, uh, through uh, Jesus Christ. So he said, be holy for I am holy. You are a holy priesthood. And then 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So what God is saying is this, look, we have to be holy as he is holy. And that's the price we got to pray to have the power of God upon our life. Jesus, when he went into the desert as a man, imagine what transpired in 40 days. Oh, big change. Change, change. Talking to God, fasting, putting everything aside. And uh, God started speaking. Angels were around him. Uh, uh, things began to transpire uh, in the spirit realm, uh, and when he returned, it was no longer Jesus the carpenter. It was now Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God, anointed, and demons started crying out, we know who you are. That'll change your life. Without this, you will stay the same. And I'll say, um, uh, I will say this too, that probably you'll get worse without the power of God upon your life. But if you're going to have the power, which is really not optional, you're going to have to pay a price. He said, I'm not going to pay a price. Well, just stay the same way. And you'll end up uh, 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 a wreck in your life, uh, just uh, shipwrecked along the way. We can't afford that. We're going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Lives are about to, uh, your life's about to change. You got to say, Pastor, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I can't stay the same. I want to change. I want to be different. I'm sick of how I feel, how I think. Uh, I'm sick of how things are happening in my family. I'm sick of being stagnant. I'm sick of being on this level for, uh, for all these years. I want to change, Pastor. How can I do that? The power of God upon your life. And the only way to do it is to do it like Jesus did it because he did it as a man and he did it uh, to be an example for you and me. So our lives are about to change. This year will not end or will end being the best year of our life. Somebody say it'll, it'll end the best year of our life. It's going to end being the best year of our life. Praise God. That's right. We're going to be a, a praying church. So when we have prayer at 5 o'clock, uh, uh, you need to make an effort. It's not going to happen to you. You're going to start seeking God. Uh, because it, uh, without the power, without the anointing of God, nothing will ever happen in your life. And if Jesus did it that way, 
and he had to do it that way, then we have to do it that way. We can't, there's no other way to do it. Say, is there any other way, Pastor? No, there isn't. You have to pray. You have to connect to the Spirit of God. And you have to fast. And you, and that has to, you have to adopt that as a lifestyle in your life. It's not just when the pastor calls, we're going to fast. No, it has to be a lifestyle for you. You have to do it. And you have to bring your whole being into a disciplined life and seeking God. And we're going to have a great change in our life here. You'll not lack, listen to me, you'll not lack in money. And even though money is the least of importance in our life, but you'll not lack in money. You'll always be healthy. You'll have a great family. Uh, you'll be promoted in this world. You'll have favor upon your life. Everything that uh, you've always desired will come upon your life. You will live out your days. You will not die before your time. Raise up your hand and say, I will not die before my time. That's right. Psalms 91.16, the Bible says that uh, uh, he will satisfy you with a long life, and he will complete your days. Is that how? You're going to need power, man. This is the only way to do it. You're going to need power in order to uh, move in those levels with God. Praise God. So let's do this this morning. Uh, lift up your hand, and let's pray. Father, say this. My heavenly Father, I declare before you that Jesus is Lord of my life. I declare him to be Lord of my life. Your word says that if I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that you raised him from the dead, that I would be saved. Today, I declare Jesus to be Lord of my life. Say it again. I declare Jesus to be Lord of my life. Say it again. I declare him to be Lord of my life. And because he's Lord, as your son and daughter, I renounce every work of darkness from my life. Come on, begin to uh, renounce these things. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And they shall cast out devils in my name. Praise God. So let's do this. Let's stand up and let's raise a hand. Let's just begin to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord this morning. Just thank him, would you please? Just thank him. And talk to the Lord and, and commit yourselves and say, Lord, I'm not going to live a life without power any longer. I will not. I have junk in my life. And, and the only way these, uh, this yoke, these bondages, these strongholds will ever break is by the anointing of God. It cannot happen any other way. You say, Pastor, I've had this all my life, 10, 20 years of my life. Well, if when that anointing comes upon your life, these things will break and you'll be free. You'll be free indeed. Free. Can you imagine? Free. Flying. Flying free. You'll be free from all those things that have had you, held you bondage for years. Spirits of perversion and spirits of fear, spirits of heaviness, spirits of jealousy, spirits of bondage, seducing spirits, lying spirits, spirit of fear that has tormented you for years, a spirit of infirmity. You go from one infirmity to another and you're a believer. That's not normal. 
God wants you free this morning. So take your right hand. Let's put it to work this morning. Take your right hand. Put it on the shoulder of that person next to you. Take your right hand. Put the, your hand on the shoulder of that right per, uh, the person next to you. And release the anointing of God this morning as a, as a child of God. You're not going to live in bondage anymore. You're not going to have a spirit of heaviness. Depression. Lack of joy. None of this. So, Pastor, how do we do it? Do it like Jesus did. Is there any, any other way? No, he did it as a man, and, and he laid out the, the plan, and he laid out the example that we have to do it like he did it. He went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, praying and fasting. And as believers do that, and as they adopt this as a lifestyle, your life will change. You'll go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from triumph to triumph. And if that is not done, you'll never see it. But I believe that you will, uh, that you will commit yourself to do that. It's going to be a big change in your life from here on out. And in your family, and in every aspect of your life, it's about to change. And you must take the first step. And as you take the first step, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but it will become a lifestyle to you. You will do it without thinking, praying, and fasting. Until everything breaks in your life, until you're the new person, you have a new family, a new marriage, a new body, new health, hallelujah, uh, favor upon your life. Uh, everything is going to change. Praise God. It's the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks every yoke. The yoke is broken by the anointing oil. It'll break over your life. Father, I declare this morning that any and everything that is the kingdom of darkness and every bondage is broken to this morning in the name of Jesus. Everything is broken right here. Everything that is the kingdom of darkness, out of this place. Out of this place. Come out of these people in the mighty name of Jesus. Come out of their minds. Come out of their bodies. In Jesus' mighty name. And I declare them free. Every spirit of perversion in your life is gone. Every spirit of bondage, whoredoms, gone out of your life. And you're a free person. In Jesus' mighty name, praise God. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering this morning.